Welcome to the Self-Care Tarot Podcast with me, Kat Crawford. A podcast that uses tarot to delve a little deeper into self-exploration, enhance your journaling and aid with spiritual development. Hello, 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 my dears. How are you all doing? I hope you're all well and I hope you are feeling on top of this current Mercury retrograde we're currently wading through. And if you've not listened to the last episode yet and you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, then after you finish this episode, head back and catch up with that one because we're talking all things Mercury retrograde, how to navigate it, where to go, all of that good stuff. So I was sitting in my desk chair when I had time to write this episode. It's been a very busy week. And what I had planned just didn't really feel right to me as I was kind of like looking at my manifestation board that I've got above where my computer is. So I can look at it every day and just kind of get good vibes and know what I'm kind of working towards. And I was looking at the manifestation board and I was like, I just don't feel like talking about what I want to talk about. And instead, I thought, why not talk about something that I'm currently feeling, which is all about listening to that intuitive pull and that guidance leading you off in a different direction than what you first had planned. And I thought that was pretty apt because I had a whole episode planned that when it came down to it, I was like, I don't want to write about this right now. I want to write about something else. And so this was, this intuitive pull, this intuitive guidance was what I was drawn to the most this week. And it happens to us a lot throughout our lives. And sometimes it can be really hard to kind of reconcile, especially if it's directly conflicting with what we thought was going to happen or what we thought we wanted. So it is one of these things that it feels very natural, this intuitive pull, this intuitive guidance in a different direction, but it can often conflict with what we desire, what we want. And so that can be very tricky to navigate. So that's kind of what we're talking about today. And there were a few cards I had lined up to potentially guide us through this thought today. But when I went into it and I started looking at all the cards I kind of picked out that I wanted to use. The Knight of Cups was the one that really spoke to me and really said like, I can help. So I was like, okay. So we're working with the Knight of Cups today. And yeah, I I listened to that intuition and I followed in the direction that it was pointing me in. And that direction was straight towards the Knight of Cups. So let's take a look at this card and how it can help us to better trust and follow our intuitive compass. court cards on the podcast but we have yet to tap into the cups 
court cards. So I think we've done pentacles and swords, but today we're diving into cups, court energy. <laughs> Not an easy thing to say. But the Knight of Cups jumped out to me the most when I was thinking about following intuitive guidance and all of that, because this card is all about taking action on those emotional and intuitive pulls and that kind of intuitive knowing that we, we often get. And it's a card of slow but purposeful forward movement. So you're not rushing like we see in the Knight of Swords and the Knights of Wands. We're really taking one step at a time and trusting that we're heading in the right direction. So the knights in the kind of four suits, I tend to see it as you've got the Knight of Swords and the Knight of Wands, which are all about rushing in and really, um, you know, that fiery energy is really out of control and just going for it. And then you have the cups and the um, pentacles and they're like the water and earth energies which really work to kind of temper that fiery energy and to better control it rather than the air energy and the fire energy adding to that fieriness. So we're really tempering the fieriness of the knights with the knight of cups, which is nice because it's always nice to be able to properly channel that passion and energy and power. And I always see the right away imagery of this card and imagine that the knight is containing all of his like hopes and dreams in that cup that he's carefully holding as he's mounted on his horse and he's walking along and he's determined not to spill a single drop, which is one of the reasons his horse looks so eager to get going he's holding it back and tempering its impulsive nature so he can better look after this this cup that he has so again that's pretty much what I was just talking about about how the watery energy of the cups can really help you temper and and better control and understand that fiery night energy I always really like the balance of this card. Sometimes if I get the Knight of Wands or the Knight of uh, Swords, I just I feel a bit like, aha, everything's gonna go wrong. But then I get like the Knight of Cups and I always feel that kind of very soothing balance that comes with it. And the push and pull of what we really want versus what we're doing, what is actually best, what's the best way to get it, that kind of finding that balance between desire and, and need, I suppose. So don't get me wrong, the Knight of Cups doesn't have all of his shit together. It sounds like I'm saying, the Knight of Cups is so amazing and he's so much better than everyone else. He's not. He does know what he wants, what he desires, and he's very adamant that he's going to get it. And there's something very empowering about that mindset, but it can also be very... Um, obsessive and overwhelming. So that's just something to be wary of when you're working with any knight really, but definitely the knight of cups because cups are very emotional and you have that really emotional reaction to whatever is happening, whatever's in your situation. It can become obsessive. And it's one of the reasons why the knight of cups is so often 
attributed to um usually if if a tarot reader reads the court cards as physical people which some people who read future like fortune telling readings some people use the court cards in that that way and often the knight of cups will be the kind of i mean the best way to describe it would be like the fuckboy <laughs> pardon my french but that's pretty much what it would be like that guy who is just sleeping with everybody who is trying to romanticize anybody a Casanova basically is what a lot of fortune teller readings who read the cup cards as people will tell you about the knight of cups so he's not perfect <laughs> he can be very alluring and he can be easy to get lost in and get carried away with like all the other knights but there is an empowerment within this card that I often like to work with especially when it comes to listening to your intuition and when you find yourself kind of backed in a corner or you're not really sure what to do or how to do it then the knight of cups can be a nice soothing presence um, if you work with it in a specific way so in this episode we're talking about the intuitive compass and i want to quickly just jump into first of all what the intuitive compass is and also how it, um, not conflicts, but is compared to the mental compass that we have. So I'm a firm believer in options and different roads leading to the same destination. So, for example, if you wanted to escape to live on a farm in the highlands of Scotland, <laughs> that's revealing a lot about myself... Uh, and you just want to do nothing but like start an alpaca farm again, revealing a lot about myself. There are hundreds of different paths that you could take to make that happen. So when I say like, I believe everything happens for a reason, but I also believe that we have free will and we have choices where we have different routes to the same destination. So there's not just one specific way that you can get what it is you desire there are multiple different paths that you can take to get to the same place so that's really what we're we're focusing on when we talk about the kind of compass aspect of it and that finding direction so when making decisions to reach your goals I often think of the conflict between the intuitive compass and the mental compass and the difference between doing what we think is right and doing what we feel is right. And neither one is more correct than the other, but they can lead you down very different roads that will ultimately get you to that final destination. You know, your your alpaca farm, if you will. I don't know what it is about alpacas at the moment. I'm just really into alpacas. <laughs> I just, I don't know, they have cute fluffy faces and I'm obsessed with them. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about alpacas. So in this episode, though, we're not talking about alpacas. We're focusing on the intuitive compass. So following what you feel is right and seeing where it leads you. And usually you'll find that very creative people follow their intuitive compass and analytical people follow their mental compass. So it all depends on the type of person you are and what you want your journey to be like on the way to that big end goal. 
So if you are a creative person, you probably want to stretch those creative muscles on your journey towards, I don't know, opening your own gallery. You know, you want to be able to experiment with different art mediums or different mediums in general and all of that along your journey to that big end goal. Or if you're a very analytical person, maybe you're trying to get a degree or a PhD, you'll want to challenge yourself mentally along that journal journey, I was going to say journal, journey to get to that end goal, which is your degree. So I hope that makes sense. It makes sense in my head, but then sometimes when I say things out loud, I'm like, eh, it doesn't make any sense, but hopefully it does make sense. So with that in mind, this podcast episode is very much for those soul-led people, those creative people, those people that are trying to achieve a goal that is very um, heart-centered. The ones that are trying to create a life filled not only with abundance, but also with happiness, emotional fulfillment and love. And I know that sounds like everybody wants that, but it is usually someone who is trying to create um, maybe a business or a career or that kind of uh, life structure that puts those things as a priority. And when your goals are heart-centered, the Knight of Cups really comes into his own because he is the one that can help guide you to the best ways to accomplish those heart-centered goals. And I feel like this, as a business owner, is something that comes into play a lot, because although there are strategies and tools you can use for kind of general admin and structuring of a business, when you do a job like mine that is rooted in a passion and a desire to help people, being able to follow that intuitive pull, that intuitive compass is integral and it keeps you connected to your why and, you know, your why of why are you trying to build this business? Why are you trying to reach this goal? And that allows you to grow and develop your business in the most authentic and organic way possible. So we're talking about people who have businesses that are very closely connected with who they are as a person so it's not just building a business to have a business it's building a business that is very close to you that's very close to your your heart and your core values hello my dears i just want to quickly jump into this episode just to remind you that if you do want a tarot reading one-on-one with me i offer two different types of tarot readings so you can have a video call with me where we talk for an hour we do a 10 card reading and we just basically go over everything that the cards are telling you or the guidance that they're giving and also working out a plan of action for you after the reading as well or if you want that but you're not keen on those video calls you're not a big zoomer then you can get an email reading which is a little bit cheaper but still packed full of all the goodness of a one-on-one reading Plus, if you are looking to do self-care tarot for yourself, you want to read like me, you want to read like we do on the podcast, then you can head over to the digital shop on the selfcareemporium.com. There will be a link in the show notes and you can grab your self-care tarot workbook. And that is a really detailed workbook that will help you start to read the tarot in a very self-care, self-developmental way. And it is just £11.11p because 11.11 11 
it's meant to be and yeah so if you want to check that out again the links will be in the show notes and that is it for all my promotion and we're going to get back to the episode so let's go so we're talking about intuitive compass but why is it so important for overall well-being why should we follow that intuitive compass what does it give to us how does it benefit us so when working with and following your intuitive compass the main thing to remember is it's not so much about what it can get you it's more about how you feel and what value it can add to your life on an emotional and spiritual level along that journey to get to your goal and when we ignore our intuitive compass for other things like trying to covet material possessions or we do something because someone else has told us to do it even though it doesn't feel right we can start to see and to feel very strong and often negative emotions such as sadness frustration and in extreme cases we can have like depression and anxiety and things like that i've navigated plenty of situations where i both ignored and listened to my intuition and that intuitive pull and every time I ignored it I ended up in a place I wasn't completely happy with. So I may have still been on the path to my goals but it's kind of like you take a little diversion into like a dark wood that you don't feel 100% comfortable in. It's still leading you out towards that goal but it just doesn't feel right. And I've done it loads of times in my business choosing to take a path because other people in my industry were doing it and we're all following that kind of particular structure or trend but even if it was okay at first even if it felt like yeah this is working it never lasted more than maybe a few months before that intuitive compass would like kick back in and try and redirect me again so it's kind of like you go oh okay I'm gonna take this route and it goes against what your intuition is saying and so your intuition just kind of takes a back seat and basically goes you know what I'm just gonna let you figure out that this isn't correct by yourself and then <laughs> when you kind of go hold on a minute I don't really feel like this is working. That's when your intuition steps back up and he goes, okay, we're going to redirect you a little bit. And it can happen in any area of your life as well, not just business. I know I talk about business a lot because that's what I'm thinking about most often, but it can happen in your relationships, in your health. It can happen, um, you know, in your home life as well. So when you for example, stay with a partner you no longer have strong feelings with or you've, you've kind of outgrown as a person, but you stay with them because it's easy or comfortable, that's when you can kind of start hearing that intuition kick in and be like, I don't know if this is the correct place for me to be. And it's important to really take some time to sit back and, and listen to it when it does kick up like that. And when that Knight of Cups energy comes riding on into your life, it's because there is another path that will lead you to a more content state of being. It is because you're not being true to yourself, your values or your desires. So there is a conflict between what you are doing or what you're saying or, you know, the actions you're taking and that kind of core value, that core person that you are, you are, you are <laughs> authentically that authentic person that you are inside. 
And I often think of it as a gentle nudge in the right direction. It's more of an invitation to explore other options when the king of king when the knight of cups comes in that may be better aligned or lead you along a more enjoyable or, or pleasurable route. And we've all heard the phrase it's about the journey, not the destination. And that perfectly sums up the idea of following following your intuitive compass. It's not so much about leading you to a better outcome. It's more about leading you to your desired outcome in the most enjoyable and abundant way possible. So you'll feel more at ease, better able to kind of go with the flow, to weather any storms or stress that are thrown your way because you've got the support of your emotional self that will help you deal with any difficult emotions that come up on your journey towards that big goal. And having that strong emotional spiritual and intuitive foundation really makes a difference when trying to reach a big heart-centered goal. So really building on that trust with the intuition, really relying on yourself to lead you in the right direction, that has a huge impact on how much you enjoy the journey as you kind of reach, go towards that goal. Because if we're just constantly focusing on how it will feel when we reach the finish line, we're going to miss out on so much along that way that could really make us grow as a person, develop us spiritually. Like there's so much that can benefit us on a journey to a goal that we often miss out on because we're so focused on the goal itself. Within the spiritual and especially the tarot community, we always kind of harp on about your intuition and listening to your intuition, but we very rarely outline like what it actually feels like to listen to your intuition. What does it feel like and what does it sound like for you? And I'm about to say something that a lot of you will hate me for because I know I would, but it's the truth. Listening to your intuition, what it sounds like, what it feels like, it can feel different for everyone. So for some people, it's just an unconscious knowing. They just know that a certain direction is a direction they should take. For others, it's a feeling, usually like a vibration or a tightness in the kind of heart-centered chakras or upper abdomen region. For me, it's both. So sometimes I'm just like, I know without a doubt that this is the right way I need to move. Other times it feels like I'm being physically pulled towards something. This is especially true when I'm doing um, tarot readings because when I fan out the cards to choose my 10 cards for my readings, it's like my hands instinctually pick the cards that I'm meant to pick without me even thinking about it. So I don't allow my kind of conscious mind to, to butt in and be like, you need to pick this card. Like I just go with whatever my intuition is telling me. Even when I find myself in a place that doesn't feel 100% aligned, I always feel that intuitive pull telling me that something is off. I feel indecisive or restless. I feel like there's something else I need to be doing, like working on or focusing on or giving my time to. And it feels very different from the anxiety that tells me to do pretty much the same same thing. So that's always difficult to kind of differentiate between what's my anxiety being like, you need to do all these things. And what's my intuition being like, hey, you need to maybe focus on this. It's a lot more gentle. It's not as kind of panicked and, and kind of like alarm bells going with your intuition. 
intuition is more like kind of just suggesting and being like, oh, have you seen this? Why don't you look over in this direction? So it feels a lot more um, gentle, a lot more, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not like loving, but like sensitive, I suppose is a good word. So learning to trust that intuition is a whole different ball game than just listening to it because everyone can hear their intuition when they allow themselves to. It's just constantly running in the background and then we can only really hear it if we allow and take time to hear it. But whether they trust that intuition is an entirely different thing. Reading tarot became my way of trusting my intuition because the cards I intuitively picked always seemed to either have the answers I was looking for or at least pointed me in the direction I needed to go in order to find answers and solutions. And like any relationship, learning to trust that intuition takes time. And it's a process with ups and downs. Some days your intuition will be strong and working with it will be really easy. Other times it feels like it's completely abandoned you and just run off. However, when we build a healthy relationship with intuition, the benefits far outweigh any frustration we may come across along the way. And in my personal experience, following my intuitive compass has led me to create businesses I love to work on and that have given me um, the life that I had in mind when I first started my businesses and why I started my businesses. It's led me to lifelong friends I've made and to experiences that have helped me develop and grow as a person. So it's always led me to grow and expand into areas that have given me an overall better quality of life. And whenever I trust my intuition and I follow in the direction it's pointing me, I always end up feeling more connected with myself and the world around me. So the journal prompts for this episode are going to be important for discovering how you can tap into trust and follow your own intuitive compass. It's all well and good talking about intuition, but it's one of those things that's much easier to understand when you get very hands-on with it. So with that in mind, I have pulled together some journal prompts to help you do just that. So let's get stuck in. So Prompt one, think of a goal you're trying to achieve right now and write it down in your journal. And then underneath, write about how that goal makes you feel. So do you feel frustrated? Do you feel excited? Does it feel like there's a lot of empty space between you and that goal? So does it feel like mega far away? Does it feel within touching distance? Like really start to settle into the energy that is created when you bring that goal forward. So really think about how you feel within your body. So don't try and overthink it, just feel through this goal. And then prompt two, if you could take one single step towards that big dream goal right now, what would that step be? So a really short prompt there, but I want you to kind of elaborate as much as possible don't just be like I would have lots of money because that's not helpful to anybody (laughs) so really elaborate on it and really think about what that step would be and what it would feel like to kind of take that step so then prompt three taking into account where you are in this present moment whether it's physically emotionally or spiritually 
What is stopping you from being able to take that step that we outlined in prompt two? And are these blocks caused by external energies? So are they things that, you know, are out of your control or are they self-created? So for example, limiting beliefs, fears, and all of that stuff. And finally, prompt four, there are four prompts this week. Imagine someone else has come to you and explained that those blocks are standing in their way to achieving their goal. What solutions could you suggest to them? Write them all down and then review them. So pay attention to your body when you read them back to yourself. Do any of these solutions feel like they have a stronger pull than others? Do any of them just seem like the right solution? You don't know why, they just seem like the right solution to take you know, you've got no facts to back it up, you just kind of feel that pull. So really feel your way through the list, listen to any inner voices, any inner feelings, whatever is going on, because that is your intuition kind of kicking in and trying to guide you. And those solutions that just feel right or just feel like they're pulling you in are your intuitive compass showing you the way forwards. So it's that feeling, that unconscious knowing. So we're really trying to put ourselves into a situation where it kind of, um, what's the word, like strikes it up. It starts to, it's a catalyst for your intuition, basically. So working with intuition and the intuitive compass is hard. (laughs) Let's not pretend that it's not hard. It is hard because it isn't a tangible thing and there's no right or wrong way to listen to your intuition or to act on your intuition but with practice and also experimentation experimentation is a huge part of it and allowing yourself the space and time to listen it does become easier so I really encourage experimentation in everything we do whether it's journaling whether it's tarot really experiment Don't be afraid to fail with things. Don't be afraid to get things wrong because it's through experimentation where you really find your own kind of niche and your own way of seeing the world and doing things and all of that good stuff. So whenever I suggest experimentation, I mean like fully embrace experimentation. And that's it for another episode. Don't forget to sign up to the Self-Care Tarot mailing list, which is our podcast mailing list. And I send you reminders of the weekly podcasts that come out, as well as the journal prompts and a couple of little little extras in there as well, little tips and stuff like that. So if you want to receive that, just click the link in the show notes. It is down below in there. Um, and sign up and you will get weekly emails whenever there is a new episode to enjoy. And yeah, if you enjoy the podcast, as per usual, I say it every week, please head over, give it a review, give it a rating. It really helps, especially small podcasts like this to reach the right people and grow the community. So that's really, really helpful. So that's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you go forth to follow your own intuitive compasses and I will speak to you in next week's episode. So goodbye guys, have a lovely week and I'll speak to you very soon.